coming, Brother Daniel. Thank you, Light. We have a sinner with us here who wishes for salvation. Daniel, are you a sinner? Yes. Oh, the Lord can't hear you, Daniel. Say it to him. Go ahead and speak to him. It's all right. Yes. Down on your knees and do it. What do you want me to say? Oh, Daniel, you've come here and you've brought good and wealth, but you have also brought your bad habits as a backslider. You've lusted after women and you have abandoned your child. Your child that you raised, you have abandoned all because he was sick and you have sinned. So say it now. I am a sinner. Say it louder. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. Louder, Daniel! I am a sinner! I am a sinner. I am sorry, Lord. I am sorry, Lord. I want the blood. I want the blood. You have abandoned your child. I've abandoned my child. I will never backslide. I will never backslide. I was lost, but now I am found. I was lost, but now I'm found. I have abandoned my child. Say it louder. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. <laughs> oh, he begged for it. All right. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus film podcast. That is 2007's There Will Be Blood. Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis won his second of three Oscars for that performance is Daniel Plainview based on the Upton Sinclair novel Oil that is a powerful moment and when you watch it first of all the look and feel of There Will Be Blood the 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 score it it's like nothing I'd ever seen before and it's told in almost a visual setting first because in the early parts there's not a lot of dialogue it's him prospecting and then there's shots of him with the little baby and he and they and the little baby touches him and it's like out of a it's like out of a silent film that performance first of all Daniel Day-Lewis's voice really great actors have a way of emoting physical facial and sound wise Lawrence Olivier did that Lawrence Olivier in terms of his voice he would work on his voice how is he going to enunciate this dialogue this text but Daniel Day-Lewis it's like levels he's working up that hill he's carrying the water he's working up that hill he's emotional and then he just let Daniel Day-Lewis's voice you can tell he means business when he hits that upper part of it where it just unleashes and it's like a waterfall gushing. And he lets that emotion out and that's what he's really good at. Is it method acting? Is it Daniel Day-Lewis acting? Now, I saw that film probably about 15 years ago. I saw it twice. I saw it 
The first time, I think, in January of 2008, and then again in February in 2008. And the second time, I took some people whom I'm related to to see it, and they hated it, and they fell asleep during it, but I loved it. And so that's our perception of film. Now, I would speak to that person, said person, and say, now that you are a parent, I think you might like it a little more. I'm not a parent, but I could see the little subtleties of There Will Be Blood. I've talked about There Will Be Blood on this podcast before. When I first rebranded the Dr. Zeus podcast to the Dr. Zeus film podcast almost two years ago. That was one of the first films I thought I have to talk about it. It had such a profound effect. It's one of those films where you watch it and you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And Paul Thomas Anderson as a director, visually, he takes all of these little iconic symbols and then then the cinematography, I, I can't stress that enough. The cinematography is the narrative of that film. There's fire, there's oil. The faces. <coughs> the expressions, the sounds. This this is this is a film of different levels. Okay, we've we've prospected, we've become successful. We've had accidents, we inherit things, and then we go on these weird journeys and it's almost like trouble visits Daniel Plainview, Daniel Day-Lewis's character in the form of Eli. <laughs> oh God. This televangelist <coughs> played by Paul Dano so brilliantly. I was always surprised that Paul didn't get nominated for that performance. That's... And and it's supposedly there are twins because he's playing twins. He's playing his brother and then and then the televangelist and how to broker deals. And Daniel Plainview kind of plays along. If you if you look at the film, when Eli's getting him to do things, he doesn't really. He's like, okay, I got to make this believable. I'm in front of all these people. And he's like, ask for the blood. Daniel is like, give me the blood, Eli. Give me the blood. Like, he's like, it's similar to um, Jack Nicholson in The Shining going, give me the bad, Winnie. Give me the bad. Give me the bad. He's he's provoking because he wants this reaction out of Eli. This is the, oh God, this film. Really great cast. Really, ooh. Like I said, there are levels. There are levels that there will be blood. It goes from subtle to intense to psychotic. <laughs> There's a moment where Eli approaches Daniel Plainview and he says, When are we going to get our money? And Daniel Plainview slaps him and knocks him into the mud. <laughs> so it's all about the elements too oil, mud, water fire like earth air fire water those main ingredients god this film like i said there's levels there's levels to the madness now daniel day lewis that voice that he has in there will you be in there will be blood he borrowed from the great john houston 
John Huston had that magnificent voice where when he told you a story, oh, it was everything. When he, the moments that he spoke in a film, I, I mean, if you've ever seen Chinatown, and his character is very maniacal and very, but at the same time, very charismatic. And he says to him, you know, Mr. Gitz, when someone's out there, they're capable of anything. And he goes and, and really great actors are able to do that. And you can hear the menacing in his voice as he says anything. And so what Daniel Day-Lewis did, Daniel Day-Lewis is really one of our great actors. I don't buy it that he's retired. That the beauty of Daniel Day-Lewis is if you want to pull him out of retirement, you call Martin Scorsese or you call Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. That that would be interesting. I think this time around it would take another actor to pull him out of retirement and say, "Hey, I want to work with Daniel Day-Lewis." Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, we think of uh, Last of the Mohicans. There Will Be Blood, Gangs of New York, My Left Foot, and also Lincoln, where he played Abraham Lincoln. And the power, as I've said before, in his voice. Daniel Day-Lewis is one of those actors where you really can't take him for granted. You just cannot. It's like Robert De Niro. And at the same time, American audiences seem to take... Daniel Day-Lewis, or Robert De Niro for granted. Because, oh, he's always going to be here. He's always going to, even in a bad film, he's still eloquent and very fabulous. I've never watched Lincoln all the way through. I really should. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I knew, you know, at the same time, we all knew he was going to win that third Oscar. And then at the same time, we didn't want him to because it's like, oh, he's already got two. But he's playing Abraham Lincoln. And and Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg really, he turned him down. And then and then Spielberg said, no, I, I want you to. And it has such a great cast. I mean, you got in this scene, you've got Hal Holbrook. May he rest in peace. Um, and then in the movie, you've got Tommy Lee Jones and... In, in a minor role because he had yet to unleash his power which he would through television and through films the Chicago 7 and that's Jeremy Strong Jeremy Strong is in Lincoln he got to know Daniel Day-Lewis really well and it's often been discussed how did Daniel Day-Lewis find Abraham Lincoln's voice and it's through method acting. Daniel Day-Lewis is very notorious in a really good way. In fact, on Gangs of New York, he came down with a really bad case of pneumonia. And they wanted to dress him up and he, and he refused because he says this is the 19th century. They didn't have that kind of medicine. But to the point, he almost died. And so, he, it, you know, that's, that's, that's a method actor right there is and then he was listening to Eminem in the morning to really just psych himself up for this performance here he is in Lincoln you've had no defections from the Republican right to trouble you 
universe of what you promised. Where the hell are the commissioners? Oh my God, it's true. You, you lied to me, Mr. Lincoln. You evaded my request for a denial that, that there is a Confederate peace offer because, because there is one, we are absolutely guaranteed to lose the whole thing. And we don't need a goddamn abolition amendment. Leave the Constitution alone. The peace commissioners up here today or State by state, you've been extra. I can't listen to this anymore. I can't accomplish a goddamn thing of any human meaning or worth until we cure ourselves of slavery and end this pestilential war. Any of you or anyone else knows it, I know I need this. This amendment is that cure. We are stepped out upon the world stage now. Now! With the fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment. Now! 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 And you grousel and heckle and dodge about like pettifogging Tammany Hall hucksters. See what is before you. See the here and now. That's the hardest thing. The only thing that accounts. Abolishing slavery by constitutional provision settles the fate for all coming time. Not only of the millions now in bondage, but of unborn millions to come two votes stand in its way these votes must be procured we need two yeses three abstentions four four yeses and and one more abstention and the amendment will pass you got a night and a day and a night several perfectly good hours now get the hell out of here and get them yes but how I am the President of the United States of America, clothed in immense power. You will procure me these votes. So, uh, if you listen to that where he says immense power, like there will be blood... He has reached that upper register of his speaking voice. And then at the same time as he's talking as Abraham Lincoln, it's almost like he's singing a song because he's talking in a certain style. He's talking in a certain cadence. And those who have played Abraham Lincoln, and when he says, I am the president of the United States, you believe him. And that's a method actor right there. And you know Daniel Day-Lewis. He spent a year working on that to prepare himself mentally physically vocally to become abraham lincoln and so maybe at the same time i can understand why he would retire his last film was phantom thread with paul thomas anderson to work with steven spielberg for lincoln and then and then you know there i'm sure there was a issues with okay this is an Irish actor playing an American president and yeah people people take issue with that all the time 
but it's it's a it's a beautiful performance and that's what i like actors who really are are really method acting or whatever they're really up they're painting they're painting a, a portrait for you of this character what this character does and you can hear the blood sweat and tears as he's speaking as abraham lincoln and it made me think of the film that really and brought him to the forefront which was my left foot he'd been in Gandhi he'd been in my beautiful laureate he but it was my left foot that really and the unbearable likeness of being that really brought him in into the forefront and you also have to take back or take into account so he gets nominated for the Oscar he beats out Tom Hanks, Morgan Freeman, or not Tom Hanks, uh, Tom, sorry, Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, Robin Williams. Who else, who else did he beat out? If Let me look. And when he is declared the winner, the way that Jodie Foster kind of just says his name, I mean, it is... This was this was an interesting moment, and some actors, you know, they they get buried within that Oscar. Okay, here we go. Oh, this was an interesting year. So it's Kenneth Branagh, Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, and Robin Williams, and the project and the winner is Daniel Day Lewis for My Left Foot, and he plays Christy Brown, and Christy Brown has cerebral palsy. He's an artist. He's a writer. But at the same time, he has the same problems just like the rest of us. And he wants to fall in love. And he wants to... He he doesn't want... He doesn't want to be babied. He doesn't want to be taken... He wants to be like everyone else. But he's not like everyone else. He's just brilliant genius who writes. Don't worry, Christy. The book is great. Do you know what I was going to call it? What? The reminiscences. Reminiscences. Of a mental defective. That's a terrible title. It was my blue period. And you typed all of it with your left foot? I didn't do it with my nose. I really wanted to finish it. You'll hear it later. I have an appointment, I told you. Is he good looking? Who? Your appointment. And it's always nice. Oh, it doesn't matter to me. You can meet who you like. Where is he now? What? Is he going to look at him? Yeah. I love it. 
You're very bloody nosy, Christy Brown. Things only left gun. <laughs> and yeah, for that performance as Christy Brown, Daniel Day Lewis won his first of three Academy Awards. Awards aside, that performance and his voice and because at the first half of the film he's not speaking and he goes to a therapist to learn to speak who specializes in cerebral palsy and I want to give a shout out to my friend in Canada Andre who knows about that all too well um, for, and also for teaching me about the chakras oh here we go in the name of the father So that actor who, let's see, my left foot, no, in the name of the father is one of those moments directed by Jim Sheridan. Jim Sheridan and Daniel Day-Lewis as actor and director, I mean, yeah, but that performance right there the gentleman who played his father who would have been 60 oh geez he would have been 76 this year and that of course is the late Pete Postlethwaite um who was in the uh, uh the usual suspects James and the Giant Peach Romeo and Juliet Amistad, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Animal Farm, The Constant Gardener, Clash of the Titans, The Town. He died in 2011. That's the other thing with Daniel Day-Lewis is when he's with really great actors. And his final film, Phantom Thread, he's with another great actor. Leslie Manville. And... It's a Paul Thomas Anderson. He, you know, he wasn't going to win that year. That was the year that Gary Oldman won for playing Churchill. But if I can find it, it's, 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 you know, it's a, it's about really great actors working with each other. And 
I wanted to find the the banter there's a really great banter between him and Leslie Manville and strangely enough Leslie Manville let's not get too personal um, was previously married to Gary Oldman so she was nominated the same year as uh, her ex-husband oh here we go no why well if you're going to make her ghost go ahead and do it but please don't let her sit around waiting for you I'm very fond of her oh you're very fond of her are you well in that case She's she's holding her own. Leslie Manville plays his sister in Phantom Thread. Isn't isn't that interesting in terms of when he's with really great actors and he's able to they play in the sandbox together. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, who knows if he's ever going to come out of retirement? I don't know. I really don't know and it's really a case of I can kind of understand why he would retire because he's an actor and that takes a lot out of him it's like okay you are you are bringing to screen these characters and um I remember watching him 20 years ago. In a film that really... It it highlighted... What a great actor. And and his... His way of getting the dialogue in. You've seen his porch from downstairs. I said I seen it, sir. <laughs> oh, you got a murderous rage in you, and I like it. Oh, it's life. Boiling up inside of you is good. The priest and me, we lived by the same principles. It was only faith divided us. That was the finest beating I ever took. My face was pulp, my guts was pierced, my ribs was all mashed up.
him in the eye. He spared me because he wanted me to live in shame. This was a great man. A great man. So I cut out the eye that looked away. Sent it to him wrapped in blue paper. I would have cut them both out if I could afford him blind. And I rose back up again with a full heart and buried him in his own blood. Well done. And so some have said in Gangs of New York that Bill knew who Leonardo DiCaprio's character really was. And he was and not psyching him up, but giving him a history. And so we arrive at the film that was released 30 years ago. Daniel Day-Lewis prepared immensely <coughs> to be- become Hawkeye in the last of the Mohicans. I figured this is the last film we'll talk about with him. And I thought, oh great, here we go. The best lines from him. That France is our enemy. France is your enemy. What did you say? While we're at your fort, what if the French attack our homes? What then, Lieutenant? For your homes, for king, for country. That's why you men ought to join this fight. You do what you want with your own skull, and I'll be telling us what we ought to do with ours. You call yourself a patriot? And loyal subject to the crown. I do not call myself subject to much at all. <laughs> no, Doc. In case your aim's any better in your judgment. Heading west in Kentucky. There is a war on. How is it you are heading west? Well, we kind of face to the north. Sunlight turn left. I don't call our colonial scouts. Put in the militia. The militia is fighting the French in the north. I ain't your scout. I'm sure ain't your damn militia. And so, in in the last of the Mohicans playing Hawkeye, he really embodies this man who lives for nature and lives for himself, and to fight against the british you know oh my goodness it's it's been an interesting journey diving into his films i i don't think he's ever done a bad film i even enjoyed him in um what was that film uh the crucible the crew the crucible crucible is one of those films where you watch it and you're like whoa because it's been done so many times on the stage in fact, and and that's an interesting cast also because you've got Joan Allen, you've got the late Paul Schofield, Winona Ryder, and Daniel Day-Lewis. And really, like I've said before, to we don't don't take these actors 
for granted. The good ones, especially. I'm not talking about Michael Bay and, you know, Shia LaBeouf. Nothing against Shia LaBeouf. I think if Shia LaBeouf had acted in some better films with Daniel Day-Lewis, maybe he would have gotten a better education. Um, You know, he did play the younger version of Robert Downey Jr. in A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. And I'll give him that. You know, when he played the younger version of, of Robert Downey Jr., you've eaten. You've eaten a very meatful pie. But with Daniel Day-Lewis, the method... I think I think for him it really is it is the meat and the potatoes and what he is able to give on that screen. So I how can we not be in awe of him? He really is one of the best and I say one of the best because you know there's there's always someone new who comes around blows us all away and i and i've said this before on this podcast that jeremy strong basically is or not basically he is the daniel day lewis of television because he learned something from daniel day lewis and daniel day lewis wrote him a letter he will and i and i have respect for him he's never revealed what is in that letter but and so when other actors come for or articles come for jeremy strong they they really don't realize the essence of what he is possessing from someone that he looks up to like Daniel Day-Lewis or, or Robert De Niro or Al Pacino. But it really comes across in the performances. So he inspires other actors. I remember when he won his SAG Award for There Will Be Blood. He dedicated it to Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger had died around January of 2008, 15 years ago, at the young age of 28. Very illustrious career. And he wasn't finished. But, uh, you know, to, to die that young, and some have compared it to James Dean, I wouldn't compare it to James Dean. Because... For decades, he he would you know he was working, uh, whereas James Dean only got a taste of that fame, as we talked about last night. So with Daniel Day, you know some actors die on stage, some die in the midst of filming. Daniel Day Lewis has bowed out; he has taken it all out of him, and who knows what he's doing now. That is the Dr. Zeus film podcast. I am, I I mean, in awe of this actor. I I think we all are. But it's interesting when people, which film really got them within this canon of Daniel Day-Lewis world? Was it There Will Be Blood? Was it Gangs of New York? Was it The Boxer? Was it In the Name of the Father? Was it the unbearable likeness of being was it my left foot was it Lincoln was it the crucible was it there will be blood it, it's it's hard to say what what stepping stone brings you into this Daniel Day Lewisisms the voice 
the sharp the sharp stares he gives a stare that would cut you in two and those that's the makings of a really good actor in a good movie star but actor is to translate that whether you get the butts in the seats it's really about the mark that you left and what he does and there will be blood and how he leaves that film at the end he has the last say those those are always the performances that really just grip you the ones who have the last word in the film and he does have the last word in the film you know what he says i'm finished unpleasant dreams <laughs>